New on CuriosityStream, uncover engineering secrets from history's greatest masters. From the mysteries of the first man-made waterways to the building techniques of the early Americas, it's ancient engineering. Plus, 40 tons of trucks speeding down the interstate can be a recipe for disaster. See how today's smarter new age big rigs pave the way for safer highways on high-tech trucks. Watch now on CuriosityStream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Mm -hmm. okay good morning tk welcome back thanks for having me daryl really appreciate it i got i got all these uh discord uh invitations from you so i know that you're ready to go it does say we had a conversation this morning very early so i know you're you're an early riser i was up bright and early making sure that uh, everything was working and that i had read the material that we were going to potentially discuss today perfect that's i thought, I'd, be I thought I'd get everything ready it's a big day it was a big week in uh, in toronto real estate today yeah i mean definitely week, there's always, sorry, like big week yeah there's changes obviously that are happening uh pretty quickly i think what we're looking at uh over the next you know another month or two probably or more is is daily updates i mean something comes up every single day and if you're not on top of it um it's like what what can you really do? I mean, what can you say? I mean, if someone's got information that they uh, that they know because they read today's headlines and you didn't, they got more power over you. Knowledge is power, so it's important to stay on top of it. And the government is throwing all sorts of stuff at this uh, COVID nineteen financial crisis as well as the health crisis. And uh, you know, we don't know what they're going to do next. So, I'm I'm when I look at all this material. Uh, mm-hmm. I see, I, t- I see multiple stories going on here. Like there's like, there's a lot of good shit going on in Toronto right now. And there's yeah. a lot of pretty devastating stuff going on in Toronto right now. And yeah. you can see like the articles are going both ways. It's like, it, like right now we look at the screen, Toronto real estate market is suddenly on fire again. it's crazy you know what there's there's so many different market segments that are performing like at a different rate right now it's so it's just like you need to be an expert right now in whatever it is that you're doing to really get the big picture because builders aren't buying right now who want to be developing i mean the permits are our permit offices are closed you know they're skeptical they learned their lesson back in 2017 so they don't want to do these little infill lots and stuff like that they're all holding off condos are starting to have a huge increase in inventory right now we're seeing like um 20 increase in inventory uh every two weeks like it was pretty it was pretty drastic the from the that, june 15th. that's a new condo or no just resale. just condo resale some of them could be brand new but they're just coming onto the market so the inventory so i think the, the numbers i looked at was on uh june uh 10th and so it was 10 days and um, the uh, number of active listings had, had risen, you know, quite a fair bit. It was close to 20%. Um, so we're seeing, we're seeing obviously some Airbnb uh, inventory coming to the market. We're seeing um, newly closed condos. There's a couple of them. Um, you know, you got people who are just trying to get out of the city because they're tired of living in a condo. Uh, so that's, that's one segment. In the high-end luxury market right now, it's booming booming quiet last year nothing nothing was happening in all the areas whatever the luxury price point is in, in different parts of toronto and housing yeah 
nothing was moving. Condos were doing all right, luxury um, last year, but the housing market uh, was really, really quiet. And it is on fire right now because really? people want bigger houses. They want pools. They want out of the condos. Um, a lot of people in those price ranges haven't been affected by the by the economic crisis. You know, they're a little bit harder to uh, uh, t- harder to hit. So great, you've got Oakville prices up there, nearly ten percent. I'm not an Oakville expert, but yeah, for but sure, a lot of luxury, houses, right? yeah, a lot of luxury properties. Yeah, and uh, that's definitely. Um, what I'm seeing too, I'm seeing that too through through the center core of Toronto, all the way up to you know North York, and uh, even in some of the other areas, east and west in Toronto. So, I mean, but it's is what it, does that mean? So, so, uh, but uh, extra inventory coming on the market right now is being met with enough demand for that inventory, right? It's not throwing Absol- off any balance. Absolutely, and and I think what it is that's keeping it that way is people still don't want people in their house. It's easy for me as a buyer to say, I'm going to go into someone's house, I'm going to wear a mask, I'm going to wear my gloves, I'm not going to touch anything, and I feel safe, right? We've kind of got a little bit more comfortable with that, but all the sellers that I'm talking to right now are all very nervous. People are going to be coming into my house. Are they going to touch anything? Are they going to? Are they sick? Are they going to wear masks? There's a lot of fear. Yeah, so not a Four in 10 Ontario's, Ontarians would consider buying a home virtually yeah consider that's good yeah consider i'd I'd consider you know flying a plane over the atlantic you know i might not do it but i'd consider it right so but then in the same breath in-person home tours in toronto up 95 percent in may compared to april but that could be like 95 home tours no no (laughs) no actually we're back to pre-covid numbers according to our um uh, showing database. It's called uh, Broker Bay, and they've got a lot of different agents. I can't remember how many it is, but it's you know tens of thousands of agents that are in this system. So they're able to track everybody's listings to see the showings, and showings in many areas are back to pre-COVID-19 numbers. Showings. 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 That's good. That's so, good. We, That's saw, a- we saw sales and inventory come down in tandem, right? Now we're seeing... Yep. I guess inventory and sales still working in tandem, just at a that's different rate, right? Yep, that's what I'm seeing. So we're having a slight increase in inventory, yeah, but it's it is minimal, and and we're starting to see an increase in sales. It'll be interesting to see what the Toronto Real Estate Board does. What they've been doing lately is they've been really, um, you know, they've been they've been acting quicker to release their market watch. They've been um, coming up with a few different type of outlooks and, and a few different stats. They they had that mid March. Uh, release of the numbers they had a mid-April, you know. So uh, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, sure, maybe they're they did the mid-March mid- one to show how affected the market was only by by this that it wasn't a fundamental market issue, right? Exactly. Yeah. So so we'll see. I mean, maybe Which we're going to get agents. In June. No, it'll it'll be booming in June. It'll be booming. That's what we're seeing. And right everything's going to focus on that boom. And it's yeah. just it's so segmented. Right. It's so compartmentalized now, like retails getting fucking hammered. uh, Yeah. But warehousing is like booming, like logistics and warehousing is booming. Housing people will buy if there's inventory to buy. Right. If the People, people need a place to live. This is this is it. You know, you need a place to live. You need a home. You need a roof. And either you're paying your own mortgage or you're paying somebody else's. That's never going to change. No, it's never going to change. And we have uh, the fastest growing city in all of North America. Right. So 
when we've got that much, uh, you know, new immigration population, the net immigration from people coming into the city from other parts of the world, and obviously people leaving the city and, and, and things changing, the, the, the people who are coming here need a place to live. So we're both talking about the article that's up right now. There was actually two of them. Toronto is now the fastest growing city in North America. Fastest yeah. growing city in metro area in the U.S. and Canada. And this yeah. is a very opportune time for this article to come out. The only issue I have with this article, and this is wonderful news for us living in Toronto, but it's based on 2019 statistics. And yeah. right now, this is a very different planet. So, like, it's a weird time to come out with an article saying that we're the fastest growing city in North America, but, like, the whole world's got its brakes on right now, and everything's upside down and fucked up. But yeah. the Toronto real estate market is suddenly on fire again, and we are, you know, seeing an uptick in prices, and we are the fastest growing city in North America. So let's let's analyze that. Who did the study? Ryerson. Well, sure, but it's all backed Ryer, by Ryerson. like urban research and land development, right? Of course. But Ryerson did the study. What is Ryerson? up to do you think ryerson's got any interest in uh people having confidence in their downtown sites as well as any future development that they're doing on their sites of course they're one right? of the biggest developers in the city of course so they've got their own agenda to be able to release this that doesn't change the fact that it's true like like let's look at it that way but no, it's you know things, that do, it's true. things do take time and and people are obviously going to have their own uh, perspective on it and uh i mean Hey, I've I've known this for a long time that we are we are one of the fastest growing places in North America. I didn't I didn't need an article to tell me. But let's not honest. let's not forget that uh, every single person that's writing these articles or every company that's putting these articles out also yeah. has a vested interest in this machine continuing along. Of course, right? of course. This is so, why the media works because yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's, because this is great news for us that they're starting to put this kind of a positive spin on things because this is what happens. I mean, when fundamentals are fine, all people are doing are following the news. Like, look at the stock market. It's like crazy. <laughs> what's going on with this thing? I know, I know. But that's know. what the housing market's going to start to do. And it's, it's not going to be a, a real estate market. It's going to be a low-rise residential market, a high-rise residential market, an office market, a retail market, yeah. a logistics market. Like It's going to be all segmented because there's so many world factors <clears throat> pulling at this like worldwide city. Like We're an international financial hub city, right? Mm -hmm. You got all these factors pulling at us that like, keep us in this wonderful bubble i think that we get to stay in for for at least real estate and and economy like okay so canada's prices are going to go down 18 percent. toronto's are going to go up seven yeah and that's that's uh, suspicious too cmhc but let's talk about that's toronto on that's on the list <laughs> okay but let's talk about toronto specifically one thing that does not ex exist in any other city in the world is the demand for home ownership that Toronto has. Every other city in the world, major city, renting is perfectly acceptable. Here we almost kind of look down on it. It's like, oh, you're just renting? Like you have you don't own yet? Sure. Like there is a little undertone when people are talking about rental. Sure. And so when you have this huge demand constantly that people 
um, you know, within society have, have got ingrained in them that they need to, to own. That should be the goal. I need to get the job. I need to get the credit. I need to get the down payment. I need to own. That's, that's the goal. Um, you cannot take that away. The only way that you ever slow down the Toronto real estate market is by taking away people's ability to purchase, right? You have well, to take away their even ability. when you take away their ability to purchase, there's still tons of people that have the ability to purchase for cash and rent it to you. And people want to live here. It's it's I'm telling you, it's the what they call it the Manhattanization of Toronto. We're following mm-hmm. a very similar trajectory. I mean, we're like probably 50, 60 years behind 20, them. Twenty to thirty years behind. Do you think it's twenty, thirty years? I think so. But uh, either way, it doesn't matter. Um, the uh, Fine. the main the main thing is is this: interest rates are low, right? People are still able to qualify. Canada's banking system is still intact. They're, the banks are willing to lend. You know, there's stricter guidelines, but they're they're willing to lend. Um, a lot of Canadians have stable income. There's a, there's the job losses are much less uh, than um, you know they're more temporary than they are permanent. So there's a lot of people who are going to still be able to go back to work and everything else once all the different bans are over. Um, so we're talking about, you know, the ability to purchase a property is still there. People still have the ability to get lending um, and financing in whatever it is that they need. And they can they can go and buy the property that they want. And if you can't buy the condo you want or the house you want, then you just make a concession, right? You just, if I can't go downtown, I'm going to go uptown. If I can't get a, you know, yeah, in the but city. No, now you, have to, you have to somehow be able to guarantee that your employment's going to stay... Um... Definitely, lending lending has gotten so. Like I've had a few deals. If you're in the entertainment are, or food industry, yeah, you're uh, not travel you're not on a tourism. Like you're not getting a mortgage. Yeah, you're not on a mortgage application right now. So there's there's a hit. But again, we talked about this already. The the sales and the amount of people that are coming out of the market because of that. The same amount of people are not putting their houses on the market. Well, and then so today right? I read something, and I didn't pull it for this, but today I read that uh, in Immigration into Toronto is going to go from like 100,000, which I think is already a low number, but that's what the article said. 100,000 people this year to 65,000 or 60,000. And I'm sitting here going, well, hang on a sec. Even in our best years, we were only able to produce like 36 or 45,000 units. And we're already behind by like, I don't even know how many units. So even if immigration gets slashed by 40 percent mm-hmm. we still have too many people coming in that need to live somewhere yeah right we also we also don't know what's going to happen with immigration like there's no shortage of people lining up to get into canada no they're so all right filling now, up they're all filling out applications now they're all just sitting on them right now exactly. so they're, they're all waiting up so the government in in the beginning of the year was proposing you know a million people over the next three years roughly and so who's to say that because I think we're going to be down about 170,000 this year. That's the, that's the predictions. So if we've got 170,000 less here, who's to say that they're just not going to spread out that, that 170,000 that we missed out on over the next uh, two years, right? Like who's sure. to say that they're still not going to hit that million person uh, target over three years. And that million right? number is such a load of horseshit. I don't know how they come up with it. Just like there was going to be 100,000 deaths from COVID in Toronto. Yeah, well, that's no, that's what the um, models are all bullshit. But there's going to be a ton of people, like constantly over a hundred thousand people, come into Toronto every single year. Yeah, I was talking about Canada. I think forty-two percent of new Canadians are landing in the GTA. 
Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty crazy about Canada. I'm telling you, we're like we're like an island within the country. We have nothing to do with this country. Nothing, nothing, nothing matters to Toronto. It's like we're literally living li- living in a shielded bubble. Yeah, we don't have the same resources that uh, you know the West has or, or the East. Us. Things from yeah. the states just keep fucking us up because we're so tied into these other economies. If we would yeah, keep true. all this oil and wheat and like everything gold like if we would keep all this those resources just in canada stop mm-hmm. sending it out holy cow what an economy we would have yeah i don't know let's 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 focus on the real estate stuff but i sure. but i agree with you There's lots of stuff that we can that we can get uh that we can get improved here so we talked about retail and i think <laughs> the uh article about um the uh, commercial rent assistance is uh, something to talk about because what we were seeing in April, like I was talking to a lot of small business owners in March, April, May, when they announced the commercial rent, rent assistance, um, everybody right away sent a letter or an email or a phone call to their uh, landlord and said, hey, I want this. And every single landlord yeah, get on this now. was just like, what are you talking about? Where's my rent, right? And I think one of the biggest issues was is that the program wasn't actually launched until the end of May, so people couldn't even start filling out applications. So we're only, you know, a couple weeks in. Um, and it's you've a got, horrible program. Like, who does it benefit? Got, no, it's a great program. It's it's something that is 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 going to help out a lot. It just there's a lot of stuff. There's got to be certain, uh, you know, f- applications uh, filled out by the tenant and attestments, as well as the landlord, and they have to go through the process and everything else too. But the big landlords, according to the article, seem to be responding well. I mean, when you have the recipe only unlimited one, guy. Only one big no, landlord. Rio, Rio can and First Nash, First Capital. So okay. those are two pretty yeah, big so, ones. Yeah, so the, 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 that's a really good sign. And if Smart Centers and everybody else comes on board, it seems like the, the wording from the uh, First Na- Capital guy was that it was their obligation to do so. So Recipe said something along yeah. 16% of their landlords had been willing to uh, complete the application, but it was still really new. So what I am expecting now over the over the month of June is to start seeing more of these applications get processed, more landlords, especially the bigger ones, realizing that the people who are in their units right now need some assistance in order to be able to continue the long-term um, growth of their business in order for those uh, investors that these big, huge REITs have um, in order to make those numbers work. Because yeah, but how do if these they businesses don't, stay in business until these applications get processed and approved and funded? And then they have well, right to now, right now, commercial, commercial, commercial landlords can't evict anybody until August 31st. So it's going to be okay. And they can do everything uh, retroactively. So they can say, all right, you owe us this much money, but the program's kicked in this much. You owe us 25% from here, here, and head into arrears. They can, they can make some, they can make some arrangements. But so how does main- this re, uh, how does this loan work? The, who, they're loaning the money to the landlord and then just so forgiving after it? After the, the government gives out a 50% um, not, uh, forgivable loan, right? They collect 25% from the tenant. And once the landlord, I guess, would sign something that says uh, they would be uh, relieving the tenant of the 25%, the government releases releases the loan, or the, the loan uh, then becomes uh, um, uh, oh, non- forgivable uh, once you... Uh, forgivable, that's the word I was looking for. 
Once you, no, but it's forgivable once you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Like, so the main thing is this. 25% rent is a lot better than 100% rent. There are people who have already got under. Maybe those guys were already on the sidelines uh, before and, and they were starting to get behind and their businesses may, may not come back. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of those stories. I'm not saying there's not. But there sure is a lot of people who have been trying to stay open, who were essential, who could really use the help because their numbers that I've been talking to, uh, that I've been talking to is some of them are doing really well, but some of them are about 50%. So what so percentage of the landlords are M Mr. and Mrs. Smith versus, you know, First Capitals and Brookfields and companies? Well, it depends on what area you're looking at. I but there's guess, a lot of people right? that are going to have to apply for this thing. Like a lot of people quickly. CMHC, the one who's funding it all, again, you know, the people, the people who are releasing the articles that the market's going to crash, right? They're the ones who are, who are footing the bill, right? So at the end of the day, where this money's coming from is the government's going to be, uh, you know, having, having savings bonds uh, sold off to foreign foreign parties and, and, and other investors and so that they want to have the um so, but what, support the business owner, what, what is he saying to his suppliers and everybody that he owes money to like hang on i think i'm going to get my landlord to put in this application and get this money like hang on hang on don't put in me some out cases, of business in, in some cases yes i mean everybody's everybody's really you know rallying behind each other and you know, maybe a month ago, it was a little bit talking different. talking about how people are saying, like, I want my money. Fuck this 25% off shit. A month, a month ago, that was that was the case, but we're starting to see a little bit different, um, a little bit different changes now. So we're going to, we're going to see at the end of June exactly how many of these uh, applications, they'll release the numbers. And so we'll know exactly how many applications are actually uh, being filled out for people to, uh, to people get that get to get the assistance that they need. I mean, the the good news is is there's there's positive um, uh, stances coming from the big landlords, and and guys will follow suit. Nobody wants to be the landlord that wasn't willing to save the businesses uh, when this is all said and done. You know, the media backlash that people are capable of today in, in the social media world and stuff like that is is as ruthless. So I think we're gonna. I, I have a much more positive stance after reading this article than I did. Uh, a few weeks ago that's for sure i gotta think that there's a lot of landlords out there going "Ooh, like i can evict them and get so much more for this space right now you can't evict rent rents are probably going to go down what um, if they already evicted somebody that's the one that i was thinking about because they were talking about the um the guy there with the axe throwing so it did say june 3rd to august 31st there there are no evictions so I don't think the so government has got control. Be evicted? I, I, if you have been evic evicted already, I don't think the government has any ability to step in. Um, so that m maybe the uh, rent assistance can kick in and the landlord can, can renegotiate with the tenant. But the main thing is, is June 3rd to August 31st, there are no evictions in the province of Ontario now, which is, which is good news for people. It's very good news. Now we, we need an about, expert. Let's talk about the, uh, the, um, uh, the real estate market, how that how that will be affected, well, so, right? So, but you want to talk about CMHC and the opposition yeah, I mean, to it by Jim yeah. Ray? So again, again, CMHC, 
you know, they, they've got obviously their own agenda with, with a lot of different stuff. They're, they're taking on a lot of programs. They're, they are a government uh, mortgage insurance company. So they've got to answer to taxpayers and everything else. So the main thing is, um, you know, they've got their own view of the market based on their data. Uh, it is nationwide. Um, it's not, it's not, you know, backed up by, by any more than, you know, a crystal ball. So, you know, we'll see exactly what happens there. But the, the reason that they were tightening their restrictions, um, is to ensure that we all understand their stance on the market and that they are trying to curb the, um, the borrowing and everything else too. So, uh, the main thing is, is it, it affects the market in no way, shape or form. We still have other mortgage insurance providers that people can go to. So there's not going to be something like, um, you know, a major fallout in people's ability to be able to qualify. There'd be, there'd be a very small percentage of any, uh, mortgages that were high ratio that would no longer be able to obtain any type of financing whatsoever. Um, and that Jen worth comes out and says, they're crazy. We're going to get things just how they were. Yeah. Genworth is like, come to us first. Yeah. Like, like you, they CMHC says, no, we say yes. No, it, you know? It's basically saying that like, you know, they're smart enough to, um, you know, judge whether people are worth taking the risk on. Like that's their business is risk assessment. Basically. I do. Right. This is, this is yep. exactly what they do. They have crazy algorithms and all kinds of data points that decide whether or not you're worthy of borrowing from them. Yeah. And they're basically just, you know, taking a bigger slice of the pie, like instantly. Because who the fuck is going to go to CMHC with all these tighter restrictions when you have Genworth who does the exact same thing? Like from the from the consumer perspective, it's no different. What does the consumer care there's, that it's backed by the government? There's certain products that CMHC will insure and that Genworth won't. Like what? And vice versa. I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a mortgage specialist. But the main thing is, is that you know you have to look at it which which products are going to be insured or not. So again, there's a very small percentage of deals that were not going to happen and um, that the banks were offering before that are only through CMHC and that have to have that have to meet the new guidelines. But for the most part, you're going to have a ton of people still qualifying with uh, Genworth or um, Canada Guarantee. So that's that's not really something that we're, we're too concerned about. And you know what? The reality is like you have somebody who wants to buy, right? If, if they're not mm. able to buy anymore because policy or restrictions or whatever, like they're still in the real estate market. They still have to rent something, right? So they yes. just they just... Go from one another, side another, to the other. So who gives yeah. a shit, right? We need, we need, we need to have some sort of sustainability in the um, in the rental market too. We've had three consecutive months of decline in average prices. Okay, I rental love, prices. Yeah, take a look to your right. Oh, yes. Good timing, Daryl. Isn't that great? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, you know, obviously oversupply. Then you then you've got some you know, things like COVID-19 and stuff like that too. A lot of people weren't deciding to make a move during that time. So there's a lot of factors here. I'd really like to see sort of like the long-term trend over the next uh, three to six months. But uh, either way, that's what uh, that's what the numbers are. And we're looking at um, a lot of Airbnb people who were trying to rent out short-term before have taken a huge hit, not just because Airbnbs were banned, not just because, um, you know, people are concerned about, 
you know, staying places and stuff like that too. But the the hospitality and travel industry has has been obliterated. Obliterated. So who's who's coming to the city to stay in the Airbnbs? Like when I travel throughout the states, I stay I stay in Airbnbs all the time. That's what I do, and that's what people do when they come here to Toronto. So if nobody's coming, like if you're learning, if you're earning sorry six plus thousand dollars a month on your condo because you were renting it out and you know you had a great spot and everything else forget about that you're earning you have to earn six thousand dollars a month yeah, to pay the mortgage yeah, yeah some of them so what Downtown, what do you do when that, when, that, when that income is 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 gone right like you can't carry it you have no choice but to go into a long-term rental so that increases the amount of long-term rentals that are available or and it shortens your amount of income if that's lowers, not going right? yeah. If that's not going to cover cover it's your cover. Uh, expenses, then you've you've got to put it on the market. That's why we've seen an increase in the uh, inventory in the condo market, unfortunately. So, no, it's great we'll though. Uh, for condo prices, no, it's going to get buyer? absorbed really quickly, and then just go right back to where things were. It's all just going to get absorbed really quickly. Even these uh, declines in rent. They're declining yeah. because nobody's moving around right now. But as soon as people mm-hmm. start moving around right now and people start coming back in, those will creep back to where they were and go past it because you, you, you don't go from absolute housing rental crisis, right? Mm-hmm. And not doing anything to, 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 to deal with that. Like what have they done? They've released some land for future development Right. And they've they've opened up maybe some some new units or some some I don't even know what they've done. They've done fuck all. They've approved like 4000 new apartments. So like all this stuff that's going to go long term is going to get absorbed once people start moving around in a second. And all of a sudden people are going to start going, hold on a sec. The price was twenty three hundred bucks. Like, tell me, honestly, who when the when the rent goes down, okay, month to month by 4.7% or 7% when it makes an $80 a month adjustment. How many people does that really like put out of the market on that product? When it makes $150 a month, like does that really affect that many people? What's a hundred? It's a, it's 1200 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. I think the main thing is this. If the supply of rental increases, prices will continue to fall. If the uh, supply of, uh, if the uh, inventory in, in the condo market continues to outpace the sales at, at what we're seeing right now, then the condo market has got some some potential uh, issues as far as pricing goes. But imagine the, main- the short term, imagine what the short term looks like if we were to catch up supply and demand in this market. How crazy the sales would be in the next, like, what? I agree, catch up. I agree. I, I'm, I'm not saying that Where's it's not the possible. There is a scenario where we don't go like ping again. Crazy. There is a scenario. If the government continues to provide all the uh, financial aid that they are, if they increase the CERB, if they extend mortgage deferrals, if they have uh, a huge participation uh, rate in the commercial rent assistance program for the small business owners who also own homes and condos. That's going to squash the market? No, that's gonna that's gonna continue to propel the market the All way that we this. were seeing in the first three With months. Or without Again, it. if the government says we're done, we're not giving any more support. You're on your own. If you're in trouble, you guess what? You need to be selling. You need to be getting out of whatever it is you're doing. Then you know we could see a flood of inventory. We could see uh, a ton of new properties come up for sale. We might see a huge chunk of the market no longer have the ability to buy because they've lost their job or they don't qualify anymore. And then, then we could have a negative. 
uh, downturn on the market. I'm not. I'm not saying either scenario is, you know, more like you know more likely than the other or anything else. But I'm just telling you guys that there is definitely a chance that uh, the um, success of our housing market is is hinging on the ability. Uh, and the willingness of the government to be able to uh, to provide the fin- financial aid. That's so, that's that's the truth. So, so hold on a sec. So, it, I don't even think we have a ten percent swing in unemployment from before till now. But let's just say a ten percent swing. Ten percent of the, what, however the stats work, because they don't work normal. Like here's the amount of people that could work and want to work, and here's the amount of people that work. There's all kinds okay. of crazy ways that they figure it out, but. Yeah. If 10%, like how much does that change the market when so 10% if 10% leave if, the market temporarily? But you have to think about it. It's a, it's a, it's a double, there's a double uh, effect here. If 10% more buyers are no longer able to qualify because of, because of unemployment, whatever it is, and 10% of the population no longer has the income to support to the property that they currently own. They're not the same 10%. We're going to have a 20% swing in supply and demand. But aren't they the same 10? No. Why? So there's 10% on top of the 10% that can't afford it? 10% less buyers, there's 10% more sellers. Hmm. Right? Hmm. So now all of a sudden, people are getting out of the housing market because they need to sell and we've got less buyers, then we're going to have a swing and, and we'll be in a buyer's market and that, that happens. Again, imp- unemployment balances out those, those same amount of buyers. Immigration comes in. We've got uh, you know government assistance protecting people. The mortgage deferrals are extended. We've got all these people who are able to keep their homes and not forced to sell because at the, at the end of the day, in order for prices to go down, people need to be willing to sell for less than their neighbors did. Sure. Need that, to, that not part. willing, need to need to but they, I mean, like you end up being it, willing but you have you have to you have to need to sell you can't just be say. like oh so you it's a lovely you time to sell. Going to go down and i'm going to go around bullying everybody into selling no when they list their property and they say i'm, I'm it's time for me to go because of you know these set of circumstances because remember not everybody will be in the same stance where they have to sell right some people will be just wanting to sell they got to move they got to leave they got to uh you know they got too big of a house, too small of a house, whatever it is, yeah. they would also have to be willing to sell for less than their neighbors did in order for the market to come down. So a lot of, lot of scenarios, a lot of, lot of question marks. Um, you know, there's the big forecasters are always out there. I think CMHC is, so, but you know, even if the, even if the economy there. contracts by 3%, Canada's economy contracts by 3%. Mm-hmm. Like, that's still a pretty good year, no? In Toronto, yeah, we'll, we'll be okay. Yeah, it's like <laughs> we'll be okay. The, the doomsdayers have it at have it at a much have it at a much I don't greater. Get it. I read these stats and I go, eh, it's still gonna be a pretty good year for for <laughs> some people, most yeah. people. Yeah. Well, like I said, of the what people. we're seeing what we're seeing in the luxury market right now is that the people with money who are the buyers are buying from inside the province. Well, nobody's allowed from outside of the province, so yes. So all these are just local there. people moving around from one place to the other. There's like, so there's effectively huge, two, two, two deals. Yeah, there's a huge increase in uh, people looking for pools right now. That's uh, like I'm that telling you. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm, every listing I'm looking at, I see this crazy stack because I'm comparing it to other properties that I'm selling or whatever it is, Ta-da! and then I see like. 
the TK theory. I see they have a pool, and I'm like, you can't get a pool right now. You can't get an above-ground pool. You can't get an in-ground pool. You can't get a waiting pool. You can't you, get you, an above-ground pool. You can't get a pool. There is, there's just no pools left. I can't left. even get – I can't even get – we have an above-ground pool, and we needed – my son threw the uh, chlorine dispenser, you know, that floaty bobby yeah, thing, yeah, looks yeah, like a mushroom, threw it, broke yeah. it. I ordered yeah. one from Amazon, and they yeah. sent me one, like, industrial size, <laughs> like this. <laughs> and and in, the, in the ad, it says, like, 20 centimeters or something like that. It was supposed to be normal, but that's all they had. Yeah, They're yeah, like, yeah. we figured so, you were better with one than without if one. If you can't get a pool installed, and you have the money... What are your options? You go buy a house with a pool. Go and buy a house with a pool. Or a condo with a pool. Condo pools are closed right now. Condo the amenities pools are, all closed. are closed. Oh, yep. no. Public swimming pools are closed. Oh, this is a great time. I should sell my pool. I'll make fucking 10 grand off this above ground pool right now. You can get 10 grand for that above. I, I bet you any money you could. No. Put it out there. So anyways, the main thing is this. If you got a pool right now and you've been thinking about selling, now's the time to call your agent and say, let's get this sucker on the market because I'm seeing a considerable amount of money being paid uh, for homes uh, with a pool. I'm going to put a link to a Kijiji ad in the uh, description of this video for my pool. $10,000. Canadian. Assemble it yourself. You have to take it apart and assemble yeah. it yourself and yeah. dig a yeah. hole. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, so, so there's yeah, there's a lot. Are big. Of that makes sense. But like We got we got a lot of things. So, okay, I'll give I'll give you a few more of them. Uh, home offices? Sure. Okay? If you've been doing your your if you've been trying to work from home with your kids running around the house cuz you're in an open concept whatever, you understand and appreciate the home office sure. more than anybody else. Are there are so there still areas in Toronto that don't have like super high speed internet connections? No, not in Toronto. Everything Everyone is has either fiber or uh, yeah. Ignite. Yeah. yeah. What, do, what do they call that? Fiber optics. and. So stuff. does school area make a difference right now? Of course. I mean, school has always been, a, a, I'd say, a huge, a huge part of every single parent's decision when they're buying. Every, like that's, there's some communities in Toronto where the only reason that the prices are the way they are is because of how great the schools are. So that's, that's always going to be something that's never going to change. And I don't think schools are going online or virtual or anything like that. But parents will make sure that they're sending their kids uh, shrink-wrapped if they have to because nobody's going to be taking care of their kids at home um, you know, permanently. That's yeah. not going to happen. Well, you know... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think I think that there's gonna be always uh a demand for people to be in the right school neighborhood. You're, you know, kids are kids are our pride and joy, right? So um yeah. Top priority for some people. Top. 
they only look at they'll only look in an area that has the school they want and then they'll find the best house that they can afford in that neighborhood plenty of plenty of people will will rent in an area um instead of buying because they can't afford it that's 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 common right so again so the, the home office is one school is always there but i'm talking about covid covid trends right the covid trends um and then space that's the that's the biggest one that's why we're seeing this luxury market because if you got four kids and you were living in a three bedroom bungalow before maybe it was manageable because you were at work your wife was at work the kids were at school things were happening there's only a couple hours a day where actually everybody would be home that wasn't sleeping and you would be um you know faced to deal with you know the limited space but now that you've been home so much and now that you can see like man this is this is not manageable. And if this lasts longer, if this ever happens again, it's just never an idea that we ever had where that we forced in our houses that we'd be, we'd have to stay home and we weren't, we weren't able to leave. So because of this pandemic, we're in larger homes uh, coming, uh, coming back into demand. People were actually trending away from larger homes for a while, you know, keep, you know, Even cost they down. Could afford them? Families were, families were smaller. I mean, there's always people looking for them, but the modern family, the millennials and, and, and people like that, not to label a generation in this way, but there is definitely younger people who were smaller homes instead of the homes that they grew up in because they didn't feel they needed that formal living room with the French doors. They didn't need the, you know, extra space like, uh, you know, maybe the house that they grew up in. So, you know, they were, they were gearing towards, you know, location. They were gearing towards transit. They were looking at stuff like that as a priority as opposed to space. So we're seeing just a shift back into people saying, well, look, I don't mind if I'm that close to work because I'm going to get a bigger house out in the suburbs or further away from the city because I'm only going to work once a week when this is all done anyways. So you're talking about the person living at Avenue and Lawrence or Young and Lawrence or somewhere in like a 20-footer that has money. It's a nice property. It's a nice place to live. But they're like, this place is just way too tight. We can afford it. Let's let's go to Thornhill or whatever the hell. That's a, that's a great example of the people who are moving right now. Cause Absolutely. the person that's living in a piece of shit bungalow, like he's not doing that. Even if his bungalow is like worth 1.4 million. Cause he lives in a good area. Like there's some people that just have this great property, but they have no money. Sure. And, and people, if they can't afford it, they're not going to do it, but you have to, I think everyone underestimates how much money is actually in Toronto and how sort of fiscally responsible some people really are, and they've got no mortgage, they've had no, uh, you know, debt that they didn't need to carry. They've they've got, uh, you know, basically their their minimum needs. Especially people if they're coming from, you know, other parts of the world where you know, Canadian standards are are, are a little bit different. So now they're saying, well, look, I can afford this. I can get a, a mortgage. I can have anything that I that I really want here. And it wasn't so important to me six months ago, but yeah. now having that extra bedroom, that extra washroom, that main floor office, that um, Big pool, pool, bigger bigger square footage, whatever it is, would really be nice right now. So why am I torturing myself and staying in this property just to avoid debt or just to keep my money? Also, or if you have money, I live here. Stock market, take it out of the stock market. Because, like you said, it's going all over the place. Take it out of the stock market and put it into into real estate, something that is more stable, that you can touch and feel, that uh, you know you feel confident in, and that's and that's what Toronto people have is they have confidence in the real estate market long term. 
we know it goes up and down. We know there's we know there's there's issues, but long term Toronto real estate market performs. It is secure. It is yeah. safe. Put your money in and wait. You know. So seems there's like a very educated market. Like it seems like like it's hard to have a conversation with anybody in Toronto that doesn't somehow segue into the real estate market. Right. It's like Topic it's like it's a thing. Uno. It's like a serious, serious thing. It's like the entertain. It's like, did you watch this show? Like people talk about the real estate. Yeah, no, seriously. If you didn't know about can Game of Thrones, can you believe these prices? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, can you believe yeah. what they're building? Oh, oh my! It's actually yeah. amazing. There's there's yeah. some crazy shit going on in the city too with building. Yeah, what's going on? You're, you're you're my land developer contact, so you tell me what's going on in the city. I, I I don't know. This came up. I love this deal. This is such a crazy deal. This is the uh, CN rail deck, the rights above the CN rail deck from like Bathurst to Spadina downtown. Okay. So basically over and above the railroad tracks yep. down at Front Street. Um, yep. So this has been in dispute for like three, four, five years maybe as to yeah. – who owns this okay so there's been a development application put in by a company under the name of orca so like gigantic whale because this deal is such a gigantic deal it's crazy yeah and so the city thinks that they own it and this company orca which is made up of a few different developers in the city um they seem to think that they bought it off of Metrolinx like 10 years ago or something like that. So okay. the city and this company together are like putting in applications while sorting out who owns a thing. And so yeah. the idea is to build this crazy concrete deck above mm -hmm. the railroad tracks and then build all of these buildings on top of that. Wow. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I, I feel like the airspace thing is kind of like New York, right? Like New York sells their airspace in order to be able to get big, bigger, taller buildings. Like that's how they, New York they keep did something higher. like this. Yeah. So this sounds very New Yorkish. Like I said, 20, 30 years behind. That's all. We're, we're getting there. So, so, but th so these guys like hired this crazy architect, Safty Architects, who's like one of the world renowned architects to work on this thing. It's a bunch yeah. of friggin' squares and rectangles. Um, yeah. <laughs> but like to help push it through and then they they're, they're offering to make a bunch of parkland which downtown needs desperately you know as a mm -hmm. negotiation tool like these guys can't lose i don't even know what they paid for this thing probably like nothing yeah 3500 units things things like this is what is what the core is going to need right i mean they need creativity um the united building at university and oh, uh, they don't need anything listen this is insanity, first of all. I mean, the city wants to just make it a big park, which it really actually should. And, like, let's not forget, I'm a developer. I'm so pro-development, it's crazy. But we have um, the Portlands that is, like, bigger than downtown Toronto, right mm -hmm. beside downtown Toronto. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, give these guys a gigantic plot of land over there and say, hey, build us some stuff over there. We need it. It's on the waterfront. It's, like, way better land. It will make for a much better Toronto than covering the railroad tracks. I mean, this is cool, too. But we need parks. There's no parks anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Look at all these poor fucking people right now. Where do they go? My parents live in a condominium and they have, it's like a huge complex with three big buildings. They all share yep. this underground and they share this communal park in the middle and like tennis courts and everything. It's like, it's really beautiful. But yeah. they closed the park. Your people, these old people, they can't walk around. They closed the, the uh, park as well? They closed the park and nobody, except for the first floor, which actually my parents are lucky enough to live on, there's no balconies in this building. Yeah. So like kids are literally like poking their head against the window, like the screen, like to like feel like they're outside. Because unless you're like allowed to go somewhere, have somewhere to go, you can't, you can't even go in the park inside the complex. Yeah, I've only, you know, I've been in obviously, you know, so many condos uh, over the last uh, few months. And uh, I've seen a few that are are like, they seem normal. Like, it just seems like, okay, this is like a regular day. But I've been in a few that it's just like, oh my gosh, uh, this this just seems like um, The Walking Dead or something, you know? <laughs> People are just pacing up and down the hallway and, and there's a lot of stuff going on. I don't understand what's going on. Like, I've been out three times now. Actually, no, I went out yesterday to uh put my dad's my dad had uh my dad fell and he broke his hip and he had a hip replacement surgery and so he came home and i had to get i had to put a new toilet seat on for him right so Mm -hmm. i've been out four times including that which is just going to my parents place which i don't know if that counts like i've been in public three times and it's crazy (laughs) like i look around and people seem to be like business as usual ish yeah. Like there's cars it, everywhere. There's people everywhere. A lot of them have masks on. A lot of them, I don't understand. They don't have masks on, but like people are buzzing around, man. I, I Toronto real estate is like peaking again, apparently. Yep. People are getting into houses. People so, are doing what they need to do. So going shopping. I, I ask myself as I'm like driving around, like, so, and, and then I read stuff like Toronto real estate's hot again. Like was there a point where it wasn't like even though sales drop like it wasn't it was still a good real estate market um no i definitely there's cities like, in the u.s and in canada there's cities in the u.s and canada that would die to have the numbers we had in toronto of course of course so you're right you know there's definitely in comparison but we're always looking at it you know based on what it was like first two weeks of march it slowed down significantly so we're just starting to see this, you know, increase again um, in, in sales numbers and everything else. Buyers coming out now, beginning of June. I think it started about the last week of May. That's what I'm. That's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of properties that were on the market 40, 50, 60 days, something like that, and they were uh, listed. So during the whole COVID nineteen, all of a sudden now they're getting sold, and they're getting yeah, sold pretty. People are fast. going out again. They've relaxed their. Uh, they've released the reins a little bit, right? Yeah, uh, and. Yep. Like you can see it. Like we went, we went out for just for a walk yesterday and there's like a kid riding a bike by himself with like a Tim Hortons cop. So like mm-hmm. that, so that kid's parents let him go out by himself, no mask, went to Tim Hortons, gave him money. He's touching money. He's like, I, walked, people. I was in my first Tim Hortons actually the other day. I was downtown on Friday and there's lineups at every store, but Tim Hortons, wasn't bad. Uh, the one that I went to, it was, um, near the lakeshore, but, uh, like everything else, like up and down Queen Street, like Shoppers Drug Mart, line up down the block. Why, Every store social distancing, line it's like line yeah, up, line up down the block, just on all the, on all the the major stuff, and the essential stuff. Are waiting. Stuff. 
the retail stores were open, stores were open. It was easy for me to get to um, where I had to go. There was no lineup. I just went in there. Actually, I was trying on sunglasses, and so they were saying uh, virtual try. I was like, I'm like, can I like try them on like for real? And they're like, yeah, just take this bin, try on the glasses, put every pair that you tried on into this bin, and then give it back to us so that they can, I guess, clean them. Sanitize right? so them. I, I didn't so try on. Like, you didn't sanitize them before you put them on. That's what they said. No, they no, said they're already. And you just believed I, them. You were just like, yeah, okay. Like this guy making I, I, fourteen dollars an I hour. I trust. I trusted the process. Yeah, I was. I wasn't. Uh, I don't even. Yeah. See, I don't trust them. Like, I will never go on a ride at the CNE. When again, or you haven't? No, like one day I got this picture in my head of this like immigrant guy making no money, getting fucked by the park, putting up this like ride that goes up and down every year and just like not tightening things so much because he's smoking a joint and he's like not uh, giving yeah. a fuck right no 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 i i i love cna and i go on there is one ride that i will not go on ever again like i've built houses one. i've seen the inspector come and just go like hey guys i'm here all right <laughs> thanks i know i know but so no i i i expecting the cne the swing where the 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 chains go all the way out and it's rotating around and it's way up in the sky oh, fuck that. My, my son who was i guess seven at the time he was laughing and having the time of his life and i was dying and i said no. never again no so, forget never. it but the like, CNE's especially I, think that, I think wonderland's open though i heard not yet not yet no no i think so disney open, is yeah. opening again yeah, I think, or Wonderland's preparing to open or something. So we'll see what happens. Oh my God. It's like one thing after another. Like I got to, I got to deal with, you know, like, so baseball gets canceled for my son. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they call us back and say, well, we might play some exhibition games and do some practices. And my mm -hmm. wife, and my wife, my, my son's like, oh, great. I get to go play baseball. And I'm like, oh, cool. Get to watch him play baseball. And my wife's like, how, like, is the virus gone? Like, all these kids are going to go play baseball. The parents are going to go, go watch them. All the coaches are going to go. Half of those people or more are going to work still. Like, how mm -hmm. is this thing going to stop? I'm in stage two of reopening, so I'm, I'm, I'm all about it. If they say that they're going to do it with, uh, you know, some social distancing guidelines, I, I think that businesses and people need to be opening up and getting back out. So I'm, I'm all for it. I'm going camping in July, but I'm hoping that I get to go to a rib fest or something, something else. Uh, you know, I'll do some cottaging. I'll, I'll have some other stuff going on. Rib fest and camping. I'm going to, I've already booked the camping, but uh, Where? we'll see. I'll go on going just like backcountry kind of stuff. Oh no. Like actually like you have to set up a whole site and like, yeah, that's what, that's what camping is. You have yeah. to poo in a hole. Uh, you, you have the option. That's an option. What's the other option? <laughs> just on the ground, no hole at all. <laughs> really? Just there you go. There's, there's, um, little, uh, outhouse type of things that they've got there. They actually, each site has its own. So we, we generally have gone camping every single year, although not that kind of camping, like Yogi mm -hmm. Bear camping. Yep. Which is a lovely park. If they want to sponsor our show, that'd be great. Yogi Bear, Jellystone Park. Mm -hmm. so, but we would go there every year and we'd go we'd have campfires and tents and they had a pool and showers it was like perfect for us and okay. then by accident we went to this other place in like Milton 
And we went to get like, they had like these little hut cottages and we thought we were renting like this really nice kind of thing. And we got there and it was disgusting. It was like, you know, like just made out of wood and smelled like rain and people and sweat. It was disgusting. Anyway, so we upgraded to these cute little like cottages and, uh, like, I don't think I could ever go camping normally again. We went camping out in the woods, basically, but we had beds and a shower and like mm-hmm. a little kitchen mm-hmm. and then a fire I like, bed. I like, I like the outback. No, See, no phone. You're, going, no you're going to like do stuff. I'm do, I do stuff. I'm going to do. not do stuff. I do stuff. I like to do stuff. I like to not do stuff. Beautiful. Sometimes so we're going to get a guest on uh, next Sunday or what? Yeah, I have a few people that I have in mind. Okay. I think we should, uh, I thought it might be interested to talk about deals that, you know, have uh, fallen apart or that we're working on during this time or all the time. Okay, sure. A little sure. segment where we talk about what's going on. Sure. In, in our real estate lives. We can save that for next week if we want. Yeah, um, no problem. Hey, this week we could have like a, a bomb dropped on the real estate market uh, news or, or the Toronto news or COVID-19. Like this week could be, you know, just just epic. You know, it could be like everything's back to normal and the corona, coronavirus wasn't real or, hey, coronavirus is worse than we thought. Everyone needs to go back inside. <laughs> we don't know. Well, I mean, there's a lot of countries that are going berserk with their numbers and their cases and their deaths. Like there's a whole, if you look if you look at that website, that world odometer or whatever, worldometer, and mm-hmm. you look at the individual countries, like you can see some of them have flattened the curve for sure and are on the decline, right? Most yeah. most of the ones like that were in our grouping have like kind of flattened the curve and started to come down. Iran has flattened the curve and spiked again, and then it's mm-hmm. kind of flattened again. But you have this whole other wave of like Russia india mexico peru like all these other countries that are having like huge waves like huge waves of the thing right now so it's like but so if you look at the graph for the world it's still just chugging along like i think Mm -hmm. two or three days ago we had the most one day world cases but i don't even know what any of that shit means no no, I don't follow it as much anymore. It's kind of over. I'm I guess over it. It doesn't matter for Toronto what the hell's going on out there. I mean, yeah, everyone just got to take you know apply their own self, um, you know, regulating policies. So it's either you know you keep people safe from you, and you keep yourself and your family safe from others, and you know do that, and and you'll be okay. So let's uh, let's call it at that, Daryl, and we'll um, we'll catch up. That's good. I'll uh, I'll make sure I have enough information for next week. Yeah, it was good. I mean, there's there's a lot more articles that I could have put up there, but this was good. It fit almost into an hour. I'm going to, like, find a few 10-minute segments that I think maybe uh, we hit something with. Mm Mm-hmm. Perfect. Are you going to get Aiden to do it? No, fuck that guy. He's unreliable. Okay. I started doing video editing... uh, for the jujitsu stuff and and uh, it's not so it's not so hard are you using that program that i told you no i, I just do iMovie. it's plenty for for what i need that's what i was thinking of doing too yeah it's plenty i bought eight and all this stuff and now it's in the garbage 
Typical. I'm ready. I've got my Marantz professional turret for sale on Kijiji. Let go. What's that? Your your it's microphone thing? Yeah. That's for sale. Yeah. No, for how much? Same price I paid. Well, good luck with that. Well, no one's no one's said anything yet, so no one's responded to the ad yet. Why? Well, um, what are you gonna do? I don't know. Get like a a, a different camera, maybe a better mic. Different boom stand would be really cool. Yeah, um, you should get yeah. this thing here. This was a good start, and and I can now I can do something a little bit different. Why? What, what's the problem with it? Um, I, I guess the, the flexibility of the camera only being in that one spot. It would be nice if the camera was right, uh, about right there, just a little bit down more. Yeah, right. That's at a good uh, spot. Looks good. Okay. It looks good actually. It's a good spot. I need a better chair because I keep slouching. Mm -hmm. My chair is sick. My chair is, I'm very yeah, happy. I know, you got a good setup there. We have to yeah. work on these backgrounds, though. Yeah, I need a uh, real estate background. Mine is just all over the place. <laughs> I don't know. There's not really not a better background I can put. I don't know. We need virtual backgrounds, no? Green screens. I have one. Maybe I'll just then steal it. Then there's more editing. Yeah. No, it's real, man. Don't worry. This is real. This is this is this fine. Is real, yeah, real is... estate. Yeah, Toronto real estate podcast. I put show. I made a channel. Okay. I made a That's YouTube fine. channel. All right. Do we need it to say podcast? Is that the buzzword? No. Nope. Nope. Let's just do Toronto, Toronto real, real estate, estate show podcast. No. It's not a mouthful enough. No. <laughs> yeah, Fair and then figure out. Figure out how to do it um, audio only so that we can get picked up by uh, the podcast places. Um, well, I think you just post on them now. You don't get picked up. Okay. I guess I'll have to do a little bit of research into that. Yeah, like being on like the Apple podcast, whatever. That'll be one. Yeah. And then... Um, Obviously, YouTube is, is is a good one, but it's not a great podcast channel. Spotify, and then Spotify, that'd be cool. I'll take a look into all that stuff. Um, all right, we could, we got a week uh, to figure out how to. So if we're gonna have a guest, we're not gonna hit much news unless we're just talking news with the guest. Well, let's brainstorm and see what uh, we can come up with. If there's anybody that we even know who's willing to show up on a Sunday, I'll bet ten a.m. Vitaly will do it. Vitaly owns apartments and a window company. Perfect. We both know him. He'd be willing. Yep. Maybe that's our first guest. There you go. Why not? I'd pretty much take anybody right now just to say, yeah, okay, yeah, you're our guest. This is our show. There's Welcome. all kinds of people I'm sure we could get to do it. Well, you know what I mean. Just uh, nice to have. Uh, I'm sure I could get my other partner, Aaron, to do it, who's my partner in the real estate and owns the garage uh, renovation company. Perfect. Maybe some other real estate. Yeah. But he would have an interesting perspective. I think any entrepreneur would be interesting to have on, no? Or do they yeah, have I think to keep, be... keep it a real estate related show, though. I think it's. So is I construction think real estate related? Sure. I mean, we'll yeah, make it real so, estate right? related. Yeah. Yeah. What are people doing right now? Are they are they building? Are they fixing? Are they uh, starting new? Are they staying put? What are they doing? Vitaly is saying that his windows are booming right now. And same with yeah, I'm, waiting, uh, I'm waiting for a window and a door on him right now. Are you? Yeah. 
Aaron, my partner Aaron, he says the garage business is going crazy right now. He says all that pent up demand just came flying back in. I don't get it. Garage, like what? The garage, they, they do like, uh, uh, like cabinetry and epoxy flooring. Oh yeah, and so finishing uh, garages. Lifts. If you have like two Ferraris and like not enough yeah, space, I only got one. I only got one. <laughs> right. So you don't need a lift. I don't need a lift. Yeah. But you might need a floor. You, you I, know I, I'm going to do that with my garage when I'm done. But I'll a, do it myself. It's a crazy business. He's built, yeah. he's got like over twenty uh, franchises across North America. Yeah, but he once I'm done, I'm gonna put a door in my garage, do some electrical, and then I'm gonna redo the concrete, and then I'll build up from there. Yeah, that's a good idea. Have fun with that. You should film it. Maybe, maybe I will. I'm gonna have to shave, I think, for next week, and maybe get a little bit of liposuction. What the hell's going on here? You're fine. I might not have a goatee though next time. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go make a bet with somebody on that. <laughs> I'll go bet myself. Maybe I'll get my money back from this week. Yeah. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate right. it. I'll see you. Okay, you too. New on Curiosity Stream, Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk, Kim Kardashian. Tycoons are in many ways the lifeblood of society. They are willing to put everything out there. They're willing to lose everything. See how the super elite use their money and power to shape our lives on Tycoons. Plus, from Japan's unbreakable super code to the algorithm mining your Bitcoin, we're breaking down the world's most famous encryptions on cracking the code. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com.